The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corollis, and you are listening to Pod Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this weekly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I am happy to share my 13 plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Today I am broadcasting to you from the last frontier. (laughs) I am back up in Anchorage, Alaska, and it's about 11.30 at night right now, and I'm actually staring at the sun as it gets ready to set, which is just a bit insane. Uh, I've had an amazing past week. I started it off by getting married to my now husband in a historical theater at Yellow Springs uh, in Pennsylvania, and now I am back up in Anchorage for a few weeks running my regular two-week summer intensive, the AKBK Contemporary Ballet Workshop. That's Alaska Barry Corollas. And up here, I regularly offer Alaskan dancers a chance to supplement their local training with classes in classical ballet, contemporary technique, and more. I never thought that I would be a regular to our northernmost state and probably the most beautiful state in our country, but this is actually my sixth trip up here. I think I've actually spent about an, an entire year of my life in this state if I were to add up all of the times that I visited. Uh, the first time that I came up to Alaska, I was brought up to perform in Alaska Dance Theater's pickup company, which doesn't uh, exist anymore. And I came up and I danced in their production of Othello, where they brought in other guest artists uh, from Pacific Northwest Ballet and Oregon Ballet Theater. And I never imagined coming back, but because I was thrown into that freelance lifestyle that I've talked about in other podcasts, I... uh, was actually able to come back the following year for two programs with Alaska Dance Theater during their final season that they they were functioning. Um, after that time, I was sure that I wouldn't be back up to Alaska for quite a long, long time. But when I was uh, recovering from an injury in 2014, Alaska Dance Theater was looking for a new director, a new artistic director to work, uh, to run, run the organization, even though they didn't have a company. They were, at the time, looking to start a company back up over a period of time, um, and I came up to try to help them set up that structure for the organization. And after my time there, I had too many connections to people in the state to not come back. So I've come, I've come up uh, every six months over the last year and a half to uh, bring my workshops to local students in the area. That uh, first time that I guested as a dancer with Alaska Dance Theater was actually one of my first freelancing gigs uh, ever after I left Pacific Northwest Ballet. It was really my first great introduction to this wild lifestyle I've been living for five years as a freelance artist. Uh, 
once I joined Ballet X in 2011, I realized that I would need to supplement my 22-week seasonal contract with freelance work. And before I was even let go from the company for the injury that I had, which you can hear about in my Getting Fired podcast that uh, was released a handful of weeks ago. Uh, but even before that happened, I started doing a few freelancing gigs just to supplement my income. During these first few gigs, Dancing Alaska was really the first time that I flew anywhere foreign, uh, even though it is still part of the United States. It was a foreign place to me. Uh, it was the first time I stayed with the host family, and it was also the first time that I actually negotiated the terms of my own contract. Uh, so to say that this way of working as a dancer was a complete 180 from dancing as a contracted dancer with a unionized company would be no understatement. As my freelance career evolved, I had to carve my own path and figure out the ropes of self-managing pretty much every aspect of my career, uh, which I've actually been sharing about uh, since 2012 on my popular blog, Life of a Freelance Dancer. So if you get a chance, you should go and check that out. There were a great deal of differences between functioning in a company around versus dropping in to work for an organization for anywhere from a few days to a few months. So in today's podcast, I thought that I would discuss how working as a freelance dancer compares to working in a company as a regular, regular, that's a hard word to say, regularly contracted dancer. <laughs> Sorry, it took me so long to get to the point, but that's how it is sometimes. So let's move forward. All right. So a company dancer is pretty much ensured that they're going to have a job position for one year at a time. Uh, at least here in the United States, contracts generally run in that 52-week cycle. Uh, if you go to Europe, after a couple years, you can actually get a lifetime contract, but maybe I'll have somebody on here at some point to discuss that. Um, but as a dancer in the United States for a unionized company or for most companies, uh, you will sign a contract for a year and you know that for that year, you will be dancing with that company. Uh, now, as a freelancer, you generally find work from gig to gig. Uh, you may have contracts that last a longer period of time, but usually the moment that that contract is up, you need to be finding or have other work planned. Um, the last year that I was really performing as a freelancer in 2014, for instance, my schedule was kind of wild. I spent two weeks in August in New York dancing with, uh, it was a workshop for a potential Broadway show. And I spent two weeks living in New York, dancing there, and then after that I had a couple of weeks off and I went and flew out to Los Angeles and I danced for three weeks with Baroque Ballet in Santa Monica and then I had a week or two off and then I went and danced with Rochester City Ballet for Nutcracker and a handful of schools and then when January came around, I didn't have much work lined up, so I was getting nervous that I wasn't going to have a lot of work for the season, but after five weeks, all of a sudden or after five weeks off, all of a sudden, I went out to dance with Company C Contemporary Ballet in uh, the, the Bay Area 
for a few weeks. I danced with Fort Wayne Ballet in Indiana for three weeks. I did a short gig in Louisiana, and then I ended up dancing with Oakland Ballet for, for six weeks. So as you can see, as a freelancer, instead of dancing all year with one company, you really have to piecemeal your entire schedule together and really fill in all of the gaps that you can. And as you can see, I had a few gaps where I wasn't even working, but my schedule, it sounded very heavy, but at the same time, I still did have some time off where a company dancer would generally know that they were committed to that one company for an entire season. Uh, another difference as a company dancer, and this actually uh, was more of a difference for me socially than it was uh, professionally. But in a company, you're surrounded by the same coworkers every day. You go in in the morning and you take class. You know what everybody's personality is going to be. Some people don't like to be talked to in the morning. Some people want to sit and catch up. Um, then once you have class, people have bar spots and maybe some people usually go in the first group, some people usually go in the second group, and then you rehearse throughout the day and maybe you go out to lunch with some of your friends and then after work some people go home, some people go out to dinner, some people want to go out and relax. So you sort of are, are constantly surrounded by the same network of people and you don't necessarily have to go seeking friendships outside of your work, but I mean, I always suggest that, but um, generally you already have that built-in network. As a freelancer, I have definitely struggled with the idea of having a regular social group around me. I am a very outgoing person, um, and I think it's really important to have some consistency and normalcy in your life, and a lot of that for me is brought out by my friends. Um, as a freelancer, you are constantly meeting new connections. Uh, you might meet new friends and you're out of your comfort zone and then after a few weeks you get really close and then you're leaving right away. Uh, but at the same time, not having that regularity, it really opens you up to new networks of people because we're in a company. Say that you're interested in, uh, I don't know, I'm going to throw this out there. Maybe you're interested in traveling internationally uh, and none of your coworkers have any international connections or have ever done any gigs uh, outside of the United States. As a freelancer, you're constantly meeting new people and say that you really connect with somebody even though you only see them for a couple weeks. Maybe they're thinking, oh, I have this gig and I would love to work and hang out with this person again. So they call you up and all of a sudden you have uh, an, an opportunity to do that thing that you've really been wanting to do. So there are a lot of challenges in this area of being a freelance artist, but at the same time, it can really be a benefit because you're constantly expanding your network. I have a joke with myself where I uh, always say that I went from being in the corps de ballet of Pacific Northwest Ballet um, and then to, to being a freelancer and I became a whore de ballet, which I don't know if anybody else thinks that that's funny, but I think it's pretty hilarious. But it's pretty true. I, my network is so massive because I've danced with the big companies, I've danced with small companies, I've danced in big cities, small cities, rural areas, I've really had a chance to, 
to gain a vast network and I that's one part of freelancing that I have really enjoyed uh, moving on to other benefits of being a company dancer you have regular class every morning that you come into you also know that you're going to uh, get the benefits that come with your contract whether that's health insurance or physical therapy or uh, anything else like that you have that stability and you don't have to worry about it. Now at times, say you get tired of taking the same class from the same two or three teachers, um, that can be a, a, a downfall where you feel like you're, maybe one teacher doesn't pay attention to you and the, another class doesn't feel right on your body. Uh, you're kind of mostly stuck to whatever that, that schedule is because um, you're going to be looked at for casting class, you're going to be looked at for your work ethic and other things like that. As a freelancer, you do have more freedom to make decisions about things like class, but usually you're going to have to pay for class unless you have a way of finding class for free. Maybe you work at a studio and there are some highly respected teachers and you can just drop in a class or maybe you uh, negotiate uh, an exchange with a, a school so that you do something for them, like help them with uh, on a front desk work and they give you class for free. Uh, as a dancer, as a freelance artist, you are responsible for your own health insurance. If you get injured, you have to find physical therapy or chiropractic or acupuncture, whatever you need, you have to find it yourself. And you, you're responsible for, for paying for that and just regularly getting care. Uh, usually it can be really difficult to afford body maintenance uh, because it's it's so expensive. Um, that was one of my biggest challenges was when I danced with Pacific Northwest Ballet and Houston Ballet, we had incredible physical therapy staff that helped us high-level athletes keep our bodies together. Uh, but once I became a freelancer, I it was interesting because I had all of this really... Uh, I had this depth of knowledge of physical therapy for my body, but when I actually needed somebody to work on me, I couldn't afford to really get that work done. Maybe I could afford a session or two, but say if I needed to get five to ten sessions for something that was bothering me, I really couldn't afford that. It kind of worked backwards because I got paid enough dancing with the unionized company and I didn't have to pay for physical therapy and then when I was a freelancer or when I, as, as a freelancer I don't get paid as much at times sometimes I get paid more but in bigger chunks but uh, I can't take care of my body even and I can't afford it so it's, it's, it can be very challenging in that way uh, moving forward from this, uh, in, a un in, in a company, especially union companies, you generally uh, have your contract negotiated for you. You don't walk into the, the director's office and say, I'd like this much money, I'd like to do this many shows, I'd like these roles. Um, you are handed a, a contract. That, and when you are offered 
when you're offered your contract, you are actually given an agreement, and you get to read through the agreement, and you either agree to those terms or you don't agree to those terms. And if you don't agree to those terms, you don't join the company, uh, which is I have never heard that happen. Uh, as a freelancer, though, you uh, have to negotiate your own contract in concert dance, which is when you are performing for uh, ballet productions or contemporary dance productions, less commercial work like music videos, um, and not so much for Broadway. But in concert dance, it's very rare to have an agent to take care of things like contracts or conditions or anything like that because uh, with the amount of money that concert dancers make, it really wouldn't be helpful to have an agent find you work and then take some money out of your paycheck. Also, uh, I have found a lot of times that if uh, if an employer needs to go through an agent in concert dance situations, that generally they would just rather go with the dancer that they can negotiate their terms with themselves. But as a freelancer, you have to really learn how to stand up for your worth and how to uh, fine-tune your skills discussing things like finances and uh, travel and housing and different things like that. It can be really uncomfortable to, to negotiate, but one thing that I have really learned about negotiating as a freelancer is that generally while you are asking for an employer to pay you, they are just as uncomfortable telling you uh, how much money they want to give you. Really, everybody just wants to agree. It's, it's the most difficult part of, of getting a contract together. But uh, my advice to somebody who would be interested in freelancing and has to negotiate their own contracts is to always say, this is what I'm looking for if the company doesn't tell you how much they can pay you um, and say that uh, if that doesn't work, we can talk about this. That way, nobody ever feels like you're just, I will only take this much money and uh, if it's not that, I'll move on. Uh, I think that that really keeps the the door of communication, window of communication, window of communication open. I don't know if that's right. <laughs> but uh, one thing as a freelancer is that you really do develop a valuable uh, skill set for your future beyond dancing because company dancers, they generally just sign their contract, then they show up, they take class, they dance, and they do their job. Whereas a freelancer, you're really your own manager. You learn many things uh, like negotiating and beyond. In a company, the pay and the stability of your position is generally pretty good, especially in comparison to a freelance artist. Um, you know when your paychecks are coming, you know what your schedule is going to look like, so if you are on a layoff, most dancers can't dance 52 weeks a year. Uh, so a lot of companies, for instance, when I danced at Pacific Northwest Ballet, we only had a 40-week contract. So during those 12, those other 12 weeks, we were laid off uh, from the company and we could actually collect unemployment. Um, so while you weren't necessarily getting as much money as you did during your regular weeks uh, that you were working, when you were laid off, the unemployment gave you some income and you could save some of your money from your fully paid weeks to supplement those weeks that you were uh, receiving less. As a freelancer, it really tends to be feast or famine. Uh, 
you really need to be good with your money in order to schedule these things uh, out and to know what you what when you're going to need your money and how to save your money. Uh, Sometimes you're in control of that, sometimes you're not, and that can cause a lot of stress and anxiety for some people. But, uh, for instance, if you listen back to what I was saying earlier about that year in 2014, I went from having a very busy fall and a really good start to the winter, and then all of a sudden January hit, and for five weeks I thought I wasn't going to be working for the rest of the season. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I was working for about four months. So the lifestyle and the, the financial way of living uh, as a freelancer can be, it can definitely be very stressful, but where as a company dancer, sometimes I, I always knew exactly what I was getting as a freelancer. Sometimes I would get really nice surprises. It was almost like getting a holiday bonus in the middle of the spring where I would get a gig that would pay me considerably better than I was used to. And I could actually save that money and hold on to that for a couple months in case no work came my way. Uh, beyond this, uh, and company dancers are generally confined to the schedule of programming that an artistic director develops. So if you've signed a contract for a year and you find that there are a handful of ballets that you wouldn't be cast in, say that your director sees you as a classical dancer but they don't see you as a contemporary dancer and the director schedules more contemporary work throughout one year uh, than classical, you may really just be stuck taking class and rehearsing a few roles but not feel like you're really getting to push yourself. This is really one of the benefits of being a freelancer. Uh, you can really start to seek gigs that you would you feel would stretch you as an artist. Say you've never done uh, a leading role in a classical ballet, like say you wanted to do Princess Aurora and Sleeping Beauty, or if you wanted to do Siegfried and Swan Lake, um, you can seek out those roles so that you have the opportunity. So you don't have a director saying, oh, you're not right for this. You can say, well, I want to do this. I'm going to find a way to do this. Um, Beyond that, company dancers, if there aren't any tours happening in that their schedule for the year, you're going to be home the whole time unless you choose to take a, to take a vacation during your uh, your layoff weeks. As a freelancer, you get to travel a lot more, uh, which is really one of the greatest benefits of being a freelancer. I've been places that I never thought that I would be. Like like I said, I just watched the sunset at it's 11:54 p.m. It's a, it's a late night for a podcast, but I just watched the sunset and it's I'm in Alaska and I never thought that I would do that and I wouldn't have done that without freelancing. For company dancers, you generally get to live in your own comfort. Uh, you wake up in your bed, <laughs> you go to work, you finish work, you go back home, and you get to relax in your home. As a freelancer, if you are the kind of freelancer that's doing traveling gigs, generally when you're working, you're living in a hotel or you're living with hosts away from your, your home, uh, your homework, workplace. Uh, 
It can be very interesting when you are living in other people's homes. In a hotel, you can sometimes, it, it can be enjoyable, but it, it can get very lonely. I actually enjoy staying with hosts. Um, but one thing to keep in mind is nobody lives the same way. Um, for instance, my idea of clean might be very different than somebody else's idea of clean. Beyond that, you always have to be on. Like you, you're, you always have to be able to turn on your 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 outgoing artist switch uh, whenever your hosts are around. Um, generally, the people that will host you are either. Uh, board members for the organization or donors or just really interested in artists so that's why they bring strangers into their home um, and I mean this is one thing I really enjoy but getting to just talk about the art form with these people but if you're really introverted and you like your home time to be quiet uh, staying with a host can be very very challenging beyond that you're not in your own space um, and you uh, have to just be able to find a way to make yourself comfortable in a short period of time <laughs> uh, without uh, really making anybody else in, in the house uncomfortable. Um, I have just a few more things here in comparison of company dancers to, to freelance dancers. Uh, I've One thing I've noticed across the country, most unionized company dancers don't need a second job. Some do because they like to make some extra money, um, but most of them don't. As a freelancer, I almost every freelancer I know has a side job, whether it's teaching classes. Um, I know a handful that work at restaurants and babysit or that are uh, bartenders or do desk work. Um, I'm really glad that for me I got into teaching and choreographing as, through my freelancing because I, I've really grown to love that. Um, it's gratifying, it pays well, and I feel like I'm passing on my craft. And it's really the direction where I feel my career heading right now. Uh, but again, as a freelancer, money can be stressful and uh, that feast or famine can really get you. Um, freelancers uh, definitely have to be more adaptable and fluid in their work environment. Um, and also in the way that they, uh, or the way that other people approach the rehearsal process. They have to be very accepting of that. Um, in a company environment, you always have a general idea of how the company is going to function, uh, whether it is great functionality or it is great dysfunction. You're, you know what you're in for. Uh, Coming from a big company, uh, when I first went into different environments, I, it was very stressful for me because I would see things happening in the studio and I would say, that's not right, or this is inappropriate or unacceptable, or uh, wow, this is, it, it, why don't, for, for instance, one thing that really bothered me for a little while was at Pacific Northwest Ballet, we got five minute breaks on every hour. When I started freelancing, we didn't always get those five minute breaks. But after a while, I started to notice that if we were really getting in a flow with a choreographer and we went an hour and a half, it really wasn't that bad that we missed that five minute break and it actually was more beneficial because we weren't breaking the flow. Um, but you have to be very adaptable uh, as a freelancer to uh, just the way that other people work because it's not that it's wrong the way that they work, it's just different. Um, and if you do find that it, it isn't working for you, uh, you have to find a, a good way to 
to speak up uh, and learn how to use your words appropriately without causing too much stress, but also standing up for yourself. Generally, I, I think that the company career lifestyle is a longer lasting and less stressful uh, career. Freelancing can be super gratifying, but unless you are in a unless you're local in one major city, it is uh, harder to maintain and it's more stressful. I think that freelancing is better as a short-term career option, I'd say one to three years, um, to really help you grow your experience, uh, to find out what you want, or to dance better roles. Um, that is, unless you are freelancing as a choreographer or teacher or a Broadway commercial dancer. Um, but as if you're really interested in dancing with a ballet company, I, I think that the benefits uh, that come along with dancing in a company really just allow your body to last longer. I'm finding that now that I am more uh, focused on my freelance work as a choreographer and instructor of ballet and contemporary technique, that I'm finding freelance work much more gratifying. As a dancer, I found myself often stressed and anxious that if I got hurt, I wouldn't be able to pay my bills or that I would let down an organization that probably spent a lot of money to fly me out if I uh, was unable to perform my duties. I'm already an anxious person, uh, so freelancing as a dancer magnified that. As a choreographer and teacher, I have more control over the studio and the process of using my body. This has taken a lot of stress out of my work. I also find that for some reason, choreographers and teachers are treated way better in and out of the studio and shown more respect for their value than dancers are. Um, I don't really want to get too into that because we've already had a nice long chat at this point, so maybe I can discuss that in a future podcast. Summing things up, I think that freelancing is a very valuable experience for every professional dancer out there. It teaches you, first and foremost, how to be the most adaptable version of yourself as possible. It also gives you a full view of the dance world while offering tools you can use beyond your career. Dancers and companies over time begin to believe that the way their company functions is the right and only way an organization should function. Freelancing is very eye and mind opening in that sense. I've been doing it for five years and I have learned so much about myself during this time. I can definitely say that freelancing is not for the faint of heart. You must be resilient, confident, and tough. But at the same time, freelancing is about connecting with people and organizations, so you have to be equally kind, honorable, and understanding of differing perspectives and functionality in the dance world. I hope that you have found this discussion informational. If you would like more information about my work as a freelance dancer, choreographer, and instructor, please visit my blog that I mentioned earlier, Life of a Freelance Dancer. I am about ready to have another cup of coffee. That's a lie. I wrote this. <laughs> this is just in my notes. <laughs> it's a little too late for coffee, but it is time for me to rest and I need to rest my voice so I can teach for about five hours tomorrow. So I'm going to head off to bed. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra vis visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my my sister podcasts on the Premier Dance Network. Recently, Katie Morgan, uh, a former soloist with New York City Ballet, a YouTube personality, and friend of mine, launched her podcast on our network. 
She has an incredibly moving story and is full of valuable information. Uh, and you can actually see a recent interview that I did with her on my blog. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B. Carolis or Twitter at Bariscos. I also have two YouTube channels. B. Carolis features my choreography and choreography featuring my choreographic web series that tells the life-defining stories of professional dancers through revealing interviews and choreography. Additionally, if there are any topics you'd like for me to chat about, you're interested in my choreography or teaching, or if you would like to become a sponsor for Pod to Chat, Talking Dance, you can reach out to me via my contact page on my website, www www.barrycarollis.com That's www.barrycarollis.com Thanks for listening. I hope you return next Friday to talk dance with me and remember to go out and support your local dance scene. <laughs>